Two geeks, two beers, and a laptop. Episode 11, Shows That Try To Be Doctor Who, Part 1. is Greg Dyke, and I am Director General of the BBC. Bring back Doctor Who, all right, but it's not going to be any Daleks in it. No, they cross me once too often. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Well, uh, hello, uh, welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers and a Laptop. Now, uh, first of all, a bit of admin. Yeah. I think we've yeah. realised that we have been slightly <laughs> neglecting one third yeah. of our podcast. The beer element. The beer them. element. Yeah. We're, we're talking about geeky things, we have a laptop, <laughs> the beer is being neglected, so we just wanted to fill you yeah. in. We are uh, enjoying a couple of bottles of uh, Brewdog's Punk IPA. They're like an up-and-coming brand, aren't mm. they? They're, they're <laughs> moving up in the world. They are, it's quite, yeah. it's quite hipster yeah. of us, so... so uh, Ah, bit of spillage. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> He's frothing. Mm. It's very nice, though. Yeah, it's good, right? Uh, before, we've just been using generic sort of... Generic lagers. Like, yeah, yeah. We're going up in the world. So, yeah, here we As go. our fan base grows. Yeah, so if you ever want to send us beer... Right, then, <laughs> if anyone wants us to yeah. plug their beer brand, please do just send us uh, <laughs> yeah. beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so this episode, as, as we sort of teased uh, at the end of the last episode, is the first of a two-parter. Yep. Uh, we're going to be looking at shows that try to be... Doctor Who. So this episode is going to be all about shows that try to sort of fill that Doctor Who void. So what era was this? What, what this years? is this is after the show finished um, in nineteen eighty nine. Okay. Sort of between then and two thousand and five, when it came back, you know, Christopher Eccleston, yeah. Billy Piper, and Russell T Davies. So we're not including. We're pretending that. Uh... What's his name? We're, pre- we're pretending that the Paul McGann TV yeah. movie never happened, okay. as as a lot of Doctor Who fans <laughs> tend to do. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so December 6th, 1989, mm-hmm. is when the final ever episode of classic Doctor Who went out, Survival Part 4. Uh, it wrapped up the Doctor and Ace's adventure on the planet of the Cheetah People. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it, that era wasn't particularly held in much high regard either, was it? It, it kind of was on its way out. I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of time for 80s Doctor Who, yeah. but it but did sort of peter McCoy out. voted... Like, he's normally voted one of the worst, right? Not the worst. But one of the worst. Second worst. Okay. Colin Baker's the, <laughs> the worst. <laughs> to the other ones. Yeah, the other the guy <laughs> immediately before him. Yeah, yeah. But that means Doctor Who didn't end on, like, a no, lull, no, technically. It got, got better. Techni- it, went, it got a bit better. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, Doctor Who, the ratings were going down. It was going up against Coronation Street on, like, you know, um, you know weekdays or mm. weeknights. So they, they kind of knew that, that Doctor Who was going to be wrapping up. So um, the producer of Doctor Who at the time, John Nathan Turner... He sort of said to Andrew Cartmel, who was the writer of Survival, the last story, he said, oh, uh, can you just write Sylvester McCoy a little speech that will then dub over the final scenes oh. so that it, it feels a little bit more like a proper conclusion okay. to the series, just in case the show doesn't come, come back. back. So let's, we'll have a... Well thought. We'll have a little geek at that now. Oh, God, I almost spilled my beer. This is <laughs> um, the, the final ever scene of classic Doctor Who, the end of Survival Part 4. Where to now, Ace? Home. Home? The TARDIS. Yes, the TARDIS. There are worlds out there where the sky is burning, where the seas sleep and the rivers dream. People made of smoke and cities made of song. Some of there's danger, some of there's injustice, and somewhere else the tea's getting cold. Come on, Ace, we've got work to do. 
Now, it's the end of, you know, 26 years of yeah. sci-fi adventures, maybe not the grandest no, but, speech. But so for a while, that's that's all you had to, you know... That's all you had to keep you going yeah. as a Doctor Who fan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was actually recorded by Sylvester McCoy on the uh, 26th anniversary of Doctor Who, funnily enough. 23rd of November, 1989. Um, the Doctor Who production office then shut down in August 1990. This makes me a little bit sad, even though it came back, <laughs> having been in continuous operation since 1963. Just like, oh. it's got this image of them, like, you know, closed, you know, yeah. they close the door. They, they turn the light off. Yeah, exactly, like, like the end of Cheers. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm, I'm picturing this guy, Jonathan Turner, in his Hawaiian shirt, just sort of turning off the lights of the Doctor Who production office. So anyway, this brings us on to the purpose of this episode, which is to look at all those shows that in this, my math is terrible, in this 16-year period, thanks, <laughs> well I had to look at the numbers, um, we tried to replace Doctor Who. Now, uh, first up on my list, I've got a show which I know, well, I don't know if you're a fan of it, I think we're both fans of more the, the, the very idea that it existed, okay. which is Crime Traveller. Yes, <laughs> I love Crime Traveller. But do, what do you know about Crime well, Traveller? I, I, I watched it at the time, but okay. I can't remember anything about it. Yeah. I only remember it was, uh, what's his name? Michael French. Michael French of EastEnders. Which from EastEnders. <laughs> And and Chloe Annette from Red Dwarf, mm-hmm. and that was like her second big program after Red Dwarf. Mm. She oh, was Dodge Village. Oh, village. <laughs> but we've branched out with beer, and, and we think <laughs> we might have made a mistake because we're having spillages all over the place. But it, I, I'm guessing they just well, like as it says in the title, they fought crime by <laughs> by going through time. <laughs> that was actually the tagline. No, it wasn't. It should have been fight crime by going through time. But but why why did they get this amazing like? Tools all right, all right. So, so crime, crime traveler was again. I'm not sure if I ever. I think I watched it, but I more just like the idea that yeah. it exists because it's absurd. Um, so it, it aired uh, one series of eight episodes in 1997. <sighs> so this is uh, the year after the Paul McGann TV movie, and the same year Red Dwarf when when she was in it. So, so 1997 was a hot year yeah, for Chloe and Ed. Big year. Yeah. So um, it was written by. Anthony Horowitz, quite a big deal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, possibly a racist. But, but quite, <laughs> no, I'm joking. But quite a big deal. You know, he had the, the new uh, James Bond book, yeah. Trigger and Mortis, yeah. come out recently. <laughs> Crime Traveller, right, is about this guy, Jeff Slade, Brilliant. who he's a, he's a detective, right? And Jeff Slade? <laughs> Jeff Slade is Michael French's character. Oh, seriously, if you're having a problem with silly character names, we've only just begun <laughs> in this episode of Two Geeks. Um, so yeah, Jeff Slade, Wikipedia describes him as a good detective who gets results, although his approach is somewhat maverick. So a good detective. He's not one of the best. He sort of gets results. But I like the idea. Sometimes. It says something along the lines of, nine times out of ten he gets results. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but he basically he's a maverick detective, right. but damn it, damn it, he's good. Okay. She can't fly you. She just has. Which has been completely unreasonable. Silverman was a monster. You wait till you see the papers tomorrow morning. He'll be an innocent victim and I'll be the monster. Grisham's overreacting. I mean, nobody is asking the most obvious question. What was Silberman doing at the station? Holly, please, if I could turn back the clock and go and ask him, I would, but I can't because he's dead. If you don't mind, I've got some typing to do. His, one of his best mates and colleagues is Holly Turner, played by Chloe Annette, yeah. who is a science officer because every CID department has a science officer. Yeah. It's not a bloody Starship no. Enterprise. Why science, is she there? Science officer. Anyway. So she has a secret, which is that... Well, she, she invented time travel. Well, no. no that, that would be ridiculous. No, her father her dad invented did, time yeah, travel. Yeah. 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 So she, dad, she has inherited a time machine yeah. uh, built by her father. A time machine? <laughs> this is completely confidential. You mustn't breathe a word to anyone. Holly, come on. Everyone knows time travel is not possible. 
Oh, you believe it is? My father was Frederick Turner. Professor Frederick Turner. Was? No, he's... He's gone. I'm just trying to finish what he began. That's the only reason I'm working in the department. I have to earn enough money to carry on his work, experiments and time travel. Very specific laws of time in, in crime travel. Okay, I like laws of time. Yeah, so the, the machine is only able to take them back far enough so that they can witness a crime as it happens and discover who committed it. So they can't do anything about it? They cannot but, change but history. How, but why... So so the, the, the time machine somehow detects when there was a crime committed, somehow. Yeah. Doesn't explain how, it just does. Yeah. And, but it can only get there like four seconds before, so they well, can't no, stop it. No, no, no. It's not that the, um, they don't have the time to <laughs> right. stop it. It's that you, know, you could get there however long beforehand. Okay. It could be an hour before the murder or whatever the crime is. But you're not, allowed to, but you're not allowed to change What happens things. if you do? Well, nothing. It's like it's that time travel concept where it's getting incredibly nerdy now. <laughs> no, I love but you, it. You know, you know that thing where it's like, oh, you can't have changed time because it would have already happened. Whatever happened, happened. Whatever happened, happened, yeah. so... The loss is... That's not where it works. Who says? You cannot change anything. You can't. Even if you tried to, wouldn't work. Why not? It, time, it's like a stream. Right? We can move forward on this street. We can move in reverse, but we cannot ever create a new street. If we try to do anything different, we will fail every time. Whatever happened, happened. There's that great episode of Quantum Leap where he goes back in time, thinks his uh, job is to protect JFK from getting assassinated, right. and then he tries, he fails, and he's like, oh, Al, I failed. And he's like, no, don't worry, Scott Bakula, because in the original timeline, uh, his wife died too, and oh. your mission was actually to protect the wife, which you did. Right. So he did change time, but he'd already changed time in the future that he lived in. Got it? Yeah. Yep. Clear as much? Great. Yeah. So anyway... The point is, they're not allowed to change history because if they had changed history, they would have already changed history. So what? So they witness the crime and then they just go back to the present day and essentially, yeah. Cut so, it. so but how do they prove it? I don't know. Well, I guess they catch him red-handed in the past or something <laughs> because they don't travel back to the future. Back to the what, future. What they stay there? Well, no, because it's only like. All right, so they go back to the sixties. No, they go back to like last week, oh, and why? then they have to, or like, or like yesterday. I thought they're going back into like you know no. centuries before. No, <laughs> like the medieval yeah, times and stop people from being beheaded. Yeah. No, they literally go back to like yesterday. So that's where new and... tricks missed a trick because they could have <laughs> to solve all their old cases. They should have gone back in time. <laughs> new tricks with a time yeah. machine. Yeah, Bolum, James Bolum, <laughs> in a time machine. Well, Bolum teamed up with Michael French in uh, Born, Born and Bread. Bread. It's all linked. So... It's the crime travel, the cinematic universe. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Tell you what, let's get that stove lit, warm the place up, and I'll stand you a pint of Phyllis's finest. Right. So, and they can they go back like a day or whatever, right. catch the person, and then they have to live the time again. Oh right. But they can't run into themselves because it's never specified what would happen. But apparently, that would be bad. It's a paradox. Yeah, exactly. The encounter could create a time paradox, the results of which could cause a chain reaction that would unravel the very fabric of the space-time continuum and destroy the entire universe. Um, also. Uh, you can't travel into the future um, because this is a genuine line of dialogue from Crime Traveller you can't travel into something that doesn't exist right so you can't travel uh, into the future fair enough either. but so I think the, the reason it only lasted one series is because they spent far too long explaining the rules, <laughs> the rules. so by the fourth episode bear in mind there were, okay. <laughs> bear in mind there were, we've already spent far too long explaining <laughs> yeah. the rules on this episode bear in mind there were only eight episodes and there's this much dense mythology yeah. about the nature of time I travel I think it should have been deserved of another series well it got it got over eight million viewers yeah exactly but, I mean I know it's different nowadays to back then but people would be dying mm. for that kind of viewing figure well apparently there was just sort of a change in the B 
BBC uh, behind the scenes. Right. So it wasn't like cancelled. It was just like no one ever commissioned it again. <laughs> because they just sort of forgot about Crime Traveller. Sad, isn't it? It was just sort of, yeah, lost in, in the annals of time. Big Finish to do an audio version. Big Finish to <laughs> recruit <laughs> French and Annette yeah. and do Crime Traveller audios, please. No, gen- genuinely, that would be a really I cool know, I would actually buy that. Yeah, no joke. So let's have a look now at a lovely little ridiculous trailer for Crime Traveller. A mystery adventure series with a real difference. Jeff Slade's a police detective with one big advantage. He's always in the right place, at the right time. A detective with time on his side. It's uncanny, and the explanation sounds crazy. A time machine. (laughs) Crime Traveller, a show with a brand new way of solving crimes. Holly's time machine's cobbled together, but it actually works. Slade and his scientist friend Holly can't fly into the future, but they can travel back to the past, and Slade becomes the most brilliant detective ever. Eight o'clock. He's been solving crimes like there's no tomorrow. He seems to know everything. That's enough, that's enough. Hilarious. Even the, 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 the trailer's like, I'm trying to explain everything in like yeah. four minutes. It's a trailer. Should we have 30 seconds max? What I like is though, the, his uncanny way of travelling through time. They point out that he basically has an advantage. So he doesn't prevent murders in Crime Traveller. He doesn't stop crimes happening. He just uses it to like bump up his own like, arrest yeah. stats. See, the, Michael French. The, my problem with this is the same with a lot of crime dramas. Like yeah. things like Rosemary and Time. Where <laughs> how, how, how is it in any way the same problem as no, Rosemary no, and Time? They're gardeners and they all just happen to be at all these murders. With him, because he yeah. knows where they're going to be. Surely yeah. after a while they're going to go... You must be involved in something here. Like, Maybe. like what, uh, what's her name from Murder She Wrote? She's always <laughs> there. Lansbury. Stop interfering. Get back to work. Get back to gardening. Well, what is her job in Murder She Wrote? Is she's she... an author. She used to be a uh, detective. Oh, but I think right. she's an author now. Whereas yeah. Rosemary in Time. I tell you what, I'd love to doing. I'd love to see. <laughs> I'd love to see Lansbury in a time machine. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Why is it that so many people around Jessica Fletcher? Sorry, lady. Wind up dead. There's been another murder, man. Murder? Murder. Oh, good heavens. Anyway, maybe that's why there was never a second series of Crime Traveller, because Jeff Slade was arrested for multiple murders. <laughs> All right, so Crime Traveller, it got cancelled. Okay. It didn't really have much luck. Sad. So, uh, again, I'm awesome with numbers. Five years later, five years later. Okay. 2002. Now, this is one I've been looking forward to, because you don't have a clue about this show, no, do I you? No, I doubt it. Strange. No. Strange. No. Which aired on BBC One. It aired a pilot in 2002. Uh, followed up by a full series in 2003. And Strange was about John Strange, who... <laughs> that's what I warned you about. John Strange, right? Uh. He's, a, he's a priest, right? Um, and he was he was disgraced. He was de-defrocked. What is that the right word? De, De-dismissed from the clergy. De-cloaked. De-cloaked for... Um, for he was de-something for um, killing people. Turned out he didn't kill anyone. All right. The demons did it. Demons. Uh, now he's a rogue ex-priest who he's a rogue ex-priest who hunts demons. What kept you? Took the wrong turning at the substation. I knew I should have taken you sooner. It's a bit difficult with my mains cut off. You must have been delighted when electricity was invented. No more waiting around for a lightning bolt. You can just ride the current to wherever you like. Of course, that was why you did it, wasn't it? Did what? I saw a picture today of Faraday. Accompanied by the lab assistant who helped him discover electrical charge. How many have you killed since you persuaded 
us to wire up every house on the planet. Not enough. I remember I, I, I read about this in I can't remember, like SFX magazine or something at the time. And I thought, you know, I was hungry for anything that sounded a little bit like Doctor <laughs> Who. So they were like, yeah, there's a new show, Saturday nights, BBC One, about a like, maverick priest who hunts demons. And I was like, that sounds good. And also, it sounds a little bit like a lot of people say it was kind of not just a response to Doctor Who. It was, you know, Ripper. The right. um, planned spin-off from Buffy okay. with Anthony Head uh, yeah. that was that they were going to do on BBC. It was going to be on BBC. Should have happened. And then it never happened. And some people say, well, this was their way of doing that without paying for the rights and getting Joss Whedon involved and so on. Right. So yeah, let's have a little look at. It's got a great, um, great title sequence, great theme tune. Strange, and I'll be interested to see what you what you make of this. <laughs> See, uh, the role of John Strange was played, of course, by uh, Richard Coyle. Stellar cast. Who, who, <laughs> Richard Coyle, of course, yeah, he was the, the lead in a, in a Stephen Moffat written uh, series. Not Doctor Who, though, of course. He was a uh, sex maniac Jeff in Coupling. That the, was... one, he, the one that thought he was too good to be in Coupling anymore and, and left it, <laughs> ruining the series. To make Strange, yeah. of course. Why, yeah. why would you not? Steve! Breasts! <laughs> Breasts! <laughs> I, you know, strange. I think it had a strong concept. The execution um, was was a little flawed. So basically, yeah, you had John Strange. He was a uh, demon hunting priest. His his companion sort of character was uh, was woman Jude, played by Samantha Janus. Yeah. She was at the time. Yeah. Um, she had had a baby with a bloke who turned out to be a demon, and she was worried that her son was now a demon. That was sort of her backstory. Well, you, would, yeah. you would, yeah. and uh, the demon seed as it, as it is. And then you had um, he had another sidekick who was sort of a tech whiz, pl- played by... Um, yeah, he had tech to find the demons, obviously. Right, of course. Um, he was played by uh, Andrew Lee Potts, right. who who we'll hear more about next episode, because he ah. later pl- was in Primeval right. on ITV, playing, okay. a, playing, a, playing a tech whiz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Then you had Stranger's Nemesis, who was Canon Black. Uh, he was... <laughs> Canon Black? Hey, you don't, you don't scoff at Captain Black being the villain in <laughs> Captain Scarlet. But, uh, so Canon Black for John Strange. Canon? Yeah, like like a like a priest, not like a can, oh, not like a gun. What was his name? Like, <laughs> like Cannon. Like like. like well, you're gonna name him that. He's gonna, he's gonna be a villain. Like like uh, Victor Von Doom. He never had a chance, did he? That poor sod. <laughs> Ca- Cannon Black with two ends. No, he was played by he was played uh, by Ian Richardson, right. who was in the original House of Cards. Yeah. I think he would have been great in Doctor Who. Yeah, he's sort of like. A lot of people say he was like the best master that there ever was. Yeah. He, fantastic actor. Uh, Canon Black, you were going to visit St. Vincent's. To speak to Arthur Russ about those rooms. Thank you, Doddington. I have not yet succumbed to Alzheimer's disease. You asked me to remind you. Jesus Christ! Oh, go and toast some crumpets or something. And Strange was directed by this guy Joe O'Hearn, who actually directed five episodes of Doctor Who when it came back in 2005. So, so, so this links... helps his, uh, his job prospects. Yeah, and, and 
Um, Strange's mentor, Father Bernard, he was like a blind priest. Guess who played him? Don't read my laptop. Guess. Something from Doctor Who? Yeah, it was Tom Baker, yeah. Oh, okay. Tom Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Who, again, as we'll see, kind of inherited the, the mantle of, uh, sort of kindly, old, slightly odd mentor yeah. in these sort of shows, a lot of these sort of shows. I was hopeful I could spare you this until today. What? Last week. I was walking through the cathedral on my way to the library. I like to go through the sacristy to avoid the steps. I should have recognised the scent of stone dust in the air. I was preoccupied. And then, before I knew it, I was flat on my face on the floor. Damn fool stonemasons had ripped up the floor for repair and gone to lunch, leaving it unattended. The facing stone was removed, and underneath it another rougher stone, probably pre-Christian. As I ran my hands across it to get up, I couldn't help reading the letters A-S-M-O-T-H. Asimov. Strange, again, it ran for one series. But the, um, the sort of section on its future on Wikipedia, I, I think it's been written by a slightly shitty, uh, strange fan <laughs> who's still not got over the fact that it was cancelled because it goes... Um, Broadcast on Saturday nights, the series was hampered by frequent time slot changes, the long gap between the pilot and the series, and the BBC's decision not to repeat the pilot before the series aired. Calm down, bro. Furious. A like, furious Strangian. Still, <laughs> but I, love, I love those Wikipedia entries. They're always ones that aren't big enough for, like, that's probably the only edit it's had in yeah. the last 10 years. <laughs> no one, there's no citation needed no. on that one, because no one cares. No one wants the strange article on Wikipedia to have citation. Maybe it was Richard Coyle. Maybe it was Richard Coyle. Bitter. Broadcast on Saturday night. No, it was that. Anyway, so, didn't work out for them. Uh, next on my list, you've got a show that eh, had two series. Okay. So, so not all that bad. It's a little bit better. Uh, it has its, its its roots in the 60s in more ways than one. So it's uh, Randall and Hopkirk Deceased. Uh, yeah, I remember, remember this? this? Yeah. Did you watch this? Vic and Bob. Yeah, did you yeah. watch that? A bit of it, yeah. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like an out-and-out comedy, was it? It was, it was actually quite... Comedy drama, yeah, I was, would say. It was good to see them actually... Acting. Well, Vic Reeves actually trying something yeah. once. Like <laughs> making an effort. Friends for life. The church is approximately three miles away. You must be the most thoroughest man in the world. Won't let a little thing like death come between them. I've got a fantastic new power. Would you show it to me? Look, if you don't stop, I shall call the police. Drama to die for. You just stay there. You go, please. Well, who? Just remember, she was my fiance. You keep your hands to yourself. Randall and Hopkirk deceased. New drama starts Saturday at eight fifty-five on BBC One. Well, you know, the thing was um, about Randall and Hopkirk deceased. It was it, it, it ran for two series. Um, Saturday nights. Uh, Saturday nights. Saturday nights. BBC One. Wouldn't happen now, would it? Prime time. You don't get drama. Not that you, kind of thing. You don't get drama on Saturday night. You don't. Apart you, from Doctor Who. Apart like, from the only Doctor thing Who. You get like even things like Broadchurch mm. and Downton Abbey aren't Saturday nights. No, are they? they're like they're the big ones. There is no drama on British television on no. Saturday nights anymore. Uh, the only reason Doctor Who is still there is because it used to be there. Do you know what I mean? If Doctor Who was actually a new show, yeah. they wouldn't put it on Saturday and nights. We were we were saying this the other day about weren't we about like ratings and stuff. Yeah. How 
Yeah, the Doctor Who ratings at the they're moment not, are not great. They're not spectacular. But the problem is, it's because it's Saturday nights and you're going up against things like the rugby and X Factor and all this stuff. Like, mm. put it on a weekday, you'll mm. get much more viewing. But there's a bit of me that cr- twinges. I don't like it. it nah, do- nah, Doctor Who it. belongs on Saturday it. nights. Or do it early in the year when there's not much on. I do think that. Well, the, well, funnily enough, when Doctor Who came back, it was mm. on in March and it was yeah, spring. But exactly. then you had people complaining, go, Doctor Who should be on no. in the autumn when there's no. rain outside. And again, I kind of get that it's a nice. It's the yeah. feel that you love, the autumny feel. Yeah. But so I get it, but it doesn't. But there's too nah, much else on. Exactly. I think you just a couple of months before. Mm. I know summer's a bit weird, but nah. Anyway, <laughs> there's no good time for Doctor nah. Who there. Anyway, so yeah, Randall Hopkirk, Saturday nights, prime time, BBC One. It was it was kind of a remake of the old '60s show about a detective and his partner. His partner gets killed, and he comes back as a ghost. Uh, and actually, it was um, created the original one by this guy Dennis Spooner. Who he wrote twenty one episodes of Doctor Who uh, in the nineteen sixties, and like I was looking at him, looking him up on IMDb, you could pretty much do a whole episode of Two Geeks on Dennis Spooner <laughs> because he co created the Champions. Um, he wrote for the Avengers. He wrote for Stingray, Thunderbirds, oh. Fireball, Fireball XL five yeah. of the Fantastic theme tune thing. Yeah, and then this this remake they did with as you say Vic and Bob, um, written produced by Charlie Higson. He had a lot of actors who would later be in modern Doctor Who. So you had uh, Derek Jacobi was in one episode, Simon Pegg. Uh, David Walliams, Reese Shearsmith, who's going to be in the new series of Doctor Who. There was a character, Wyvern, who is Marty's, Marty Hopkirk's kind of ghost mentor, played by... Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, He's yeah. played by Tom Baker, yeah. of course. And uh, guess who killed Marty Hopkirk in the first ever episode? The actor. Peter Crowley. No, go backwards. Matt Smith. No, it wasn't Matt Smith. David Tennant. It was David Tennant, well done, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Third time lucky. It was, yeah, a sort of pre-fame David Tennant. Randomly, he was the villain in the first ever episode. She's changed. She's, she's, she's shifted shape. She's, she's become distant. She has these violent episodes, and I thought at first that she might try and harm someone else, but lately I've become terrified that she's going to turn it inwards. What made a change, do you think? I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know! I, that's what I want you to find out. I want you to watch her, find out what it is, and stop her from... From... Can I just clarify, are we talking about suicide here? Had writers, Mark Gatiss wrote episodes, um, Gareth Roberts, who, who's also written for Doctor Who. Nice. Uh, guess who did the music for Adam Hopkirk Ceased? The Doctor Who guy. Yeah, it is the Doctor Murray Who Gold. guy, Murray Gold. Yeah. You knew, you knew. I remembered I'm, it. I'm learning you're good. <laughs> Murray. I Murray Head, but that's uh, one night in Bangkok. <laughs> Murray, Murray Gold um, did it. Uh, I've had I've had a few glasses of wine with Murray Gold. Very yeah. nice chat. Few too many. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was it was after uh, the Doctor Who Symphonic Spectacular. Oh, we had a few wines. Uh, I think I owe him a few drinks. So you know he's rich with me. Uh, um, and the theme tune for uh, uh, Randall Hopkins deceased. The new theme tune written by David Arnold. Uh-huh. And he remixed the Doctor Who theme tune for. Yeah. What do you mean? Who, who, who do you think? Well, who, who do we talk about all the time? What are you talking about? Who do we talk about on Two Geeks? Oh, Big Finish. Big Finish! There we go! <laughs> he's, he's, well, you meant a person. Tommy, it's like, like an album. <laughs> Tom, Tom is on the ball today. Yeah. So, yeah, David Arnold, he, he remixed uh, the Doctor Who theme tune for nice. Paul McGann's series I of see. audios okay. for Big Finish. Good. Yeah. It's all very so, incestuous, isn't it? It's all very incestuous. Well, yeah. this is, like, Doctor Who is so mammoth and, and influential that, like, either people from old Doctor Who or people from new Doctor Who will pretty much have links to everything. Yeah. It's not like some grand conspiracy. It's just, it's been on for so long that everyone's going to, everything's connected. Everything's connected. 
Uh, next up, uh, we're actually going to go a little bit back in time. But the reason Ooh, I, I like left this one traveler. like Crime Traveler, but only a limited period back in time. <laughs> um, but the reason I left this one till now is because it's um, CBBC, so it's a kids show. But I feel like it has very strong links to Doctor Who, okay. and it, it was still kind of trying to fill the Doctor Who gap a little bit. So uh, this show, Dark Season. You Dark heard, Season. Ever heard of Dark Don't Season? Remember this. All oh, right, this is good. So 1991. So I guess you would have only been like what. Five. Five. So yeah. you're probably too young to watch this. But it went out on uh, Children's BBC, as okay. it was known then, on Thursdays. Uh, 25 minute episodes, so kind of like the old Doctor Who mm-hmm. uh, format. And it was about it's three teenagers and uh, like school school kids. And they were battling to save their school and then the world from this guy, uh, Mr. Eldritch, who was a sinister villain. Kind of a Demon Headmaster vibe, okay. but pre-Demon Headmaster. And it was written, I don't know why I'm going to do this again, written by, go and have a guess. Someone connected Someone to Doctor, Doctor Who. Who uh, yeah. Russell T. Davis. It was written by Russell wow. T. Davis. There we go. <laughs> it was the one more, of the two. Yeah, one the, <laughs> the more beer you drink, you're getting sharper. So, and it starred, it starred uh, a young Kate Winslet wow. as one of the three uh, three kids. Really? Like her first breakthrough TV oh, role. There you go. Yeah. So any success Kate Winslet has had since. It's all down to Dark it, Season. It's all down to Dark Season. Where's Marcy? Late. Marcy's always two minutes, 30 seconds late precisely. Robert Coles was going on about her the other day. Which Robert Coles? Robert Coles with no chin or Robert Coles with nasty shoes? Nasty shoes. Don't tell me. He said Marcy was weird. Well, he said we were weird. He said 250 shouldn't be hanging out with a little third year. Said it wasn't natural. He's right. It is weird. Um, but you're, you're like this little, this little nugget. <laughs> so Dark Season was commissioned originally because Tony Robinson wanted to take a break from making your favourite. Maid Marion. Maid Marion oh. and her merry men. So without Maid Marion, Dark Season would have never existed. Oh, um, so let's have a little little clip from, this is from the first scene from the first ever episode of Dark Season. It's Mr. Eldritch kind of outlining his evil plan. It's ready. And the testing ground. says a school so that's madness a school the teachers the parents it's too open too public it's perfect they'll find out what we're doing only when it's too late it's already too late nothing in the world can stop me Dark Season, 1991, it was kind of um, uh, one of Russell T. Davis' first ever um, writing like efforts. Like audition. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And he's very much admitted that it was very uh, Doctor Who influenced. We've said it before, we'll say it again. They don't do that for kids anymore. They don't. That's, that's, that's proper, like, well, dark, but mm. more dark. I mean, yeah. Look at that. You think that's just, that doesn't happen now. There's no, there's no real sort of drama made for kids nah. anymore, or a family audience like Doctor Who. No. That's a, that's well. That's why it's gone kiddie Doctor yeah. Who because they, that's the only thing they got. Well, that was clearly very influenced by Doctor Who. Yeah. Um. And and but like in more subtle ways that perhaps only geeks would get because there's that line there that Eldritch says, "Nothing in the world can stop me now," which right. has special significance for Doctor Who fans in particular because it's one of the most famous lines ever in Doctor Who because there's a story, Patrick Troughton's story, called <laughs> the Underwater Menace. Right. About Atlantis. And basically, the villain in it is called Professor Zaroff, played by this guy Joseph First, and he delivers 
the finest <laughs> delivery of the line, nothing in the world can stop me now, you can ever imagine. If you kind of imagine you know, the, film, the film Taffin with Pierce Brosnan <laughs> and his uh, incredible delivery of, of the line, uh, maybe you shouldn't be living here. Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of along those lines in terms of the sheer gusto that, that Joseph first... Joseph first delivers. Nothing in the world can stop me now! What goes on in this town is none of your business. As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here! Well, that's easily fixed. I don't know which one I prefer out of those two. Uh, well, out of Taffin and, and yeah. Zaroff. Well, it's my two favourite things. It's James Bond and Doctor Who fused. <laughs> so, D- Dark Season, um, it's sort of, some people speculate as well that it might even be set in the Doctor Who universe. Obviously, he didn't do it with any like authorization, right. but kind of unofficially, um, because the lead character, Marcy, and Russell T. Davies wrote a Doctor Who novel called Damaged Goods, and he mentions the character, uh. as if it's all set in the same Doctor Who universe. So, yeah, there you go. It's like that kid with the thing we're talking it's about. It's the Tommy Westfall universe yeah. all over yeah. again. It's all, all Doctor <laughs> Who and Dark Season is all in some little boy's mind. Now, I've got this, this last one here. And this this is a show which this is kind of cheating a little bit because it started in uh, two thousand and four. By which time they announced that Doctor Who was coming back in uh, two thousand and three. Right. So people already knew that Doctor Who was coming back by this point. This show it was still before it came back. Yeah, but this show ended in two thousand and seven. So there's a little bit of crossover with early Doctor Who. But when else are we going to talk about this? When else are we going to talk about this? <laughs> this is a show called Sea of Souls. Do you nope. remember this? Don't remember this. <laughs> no. Nope. All right. So so and actually it ran for two series right. uh, and a special. And actually the um. The first series was produced by this guy Phil Collinson, who left the show to go and produce Doctor Who, right. the revival of Doctor Who in 2005. So it's kind of it's kind of got that link. And I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it wasn't this one wasn't so much trying to fill uh, the Doctor Who void, but it, it very much feels just of of a, of a spirit of Doctor Who uh, for me because it's about um, this kind of. Uh, grumpy Scottish investigator. Now even more so. It's more like Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And and he has like a couple of companions, and they and they're investigators, and they look into sort of psychic and and paranormal uh, events. Um, and the, the main guy is Bill. This actor Bill Patterson, Scottish actor, and he later appears in two episodes of Doctor Who, uh, series five, as Professor Bracewell, um, who is like a robot. From that perspective, there's no evidence. There's no incontrovertible proof. That's not the same thing. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's see that he did see Craig, and he hasn't got a bad memory. He must be suffering from some kind of disorder. Yeah, it's possible. It's the only explanation. It's not the only explanation. Just as unscrupulous mediums and auto-suggestive delusions are not the only dangers of conducting seances. I thought we built on what we know to discover what we don't, and remembering the difference keeps us out of the fair. Right, but we still have to have respect for what we don't know. We haven't yet found intelligent life on other planets, but no self-respecting astronomer is going to be arrogant enough to tell you that it doesn't exist. But again, it was kind of it kind of felt like an attempt to do Doctor Who because they would air um, two parters, but over Saturday and Sunday nights. Okay. Um, it was like big, broad fantasy drama on the BBC. No, no, no. It was good, and it had. I, I mainly brought it up because I liked it, and <laughs> I don't feel like people talk about it enough. Sea of Soul. It was good, and it had um, guest appearances from. Peter Capaldi, yeah. he was actually in it, so there was like a Scottish overload, um, and then and also uh, Paul McGann. Wow! Um, and I got a little little clip here of, of McGann's uh, performance. He plays uh, a warlock who who um, sort of wants to 
take out demons. A little bit like John Strange. Yeah. John Strange. Maybe he would have been a better John Strange than Richard Coyle from Coupling. But uh, yeah. imagine that if they brought back Strange with Paul McGann. I would a have... reboot of Strange. Everyone would be crying out. That guy on Wikipedia is going to be like, yes! No, I meant at the time. All right. If they had done... Because I was already thinking, Strange. Sounds a bit like Doctor Who. Maybe if, they, if they'd done it with Paul McGann, I would yeah. have just... My like little kiddie self would have just gone mental. Right, let's have a little gander at sea McGann. Of a McGander, if you will. Like, nice, I love yeah. that. All right, here we go. Who the hell are you then? Who do people seek? Lord Lucan? Jack the Ripper? Or Fulcanelli? Because nobody knows but he died. Some say that he didn't. Some say that he discovered the Philosopher's Stone and with it the secret of eternal life. Are you suggesting that you are Fulcanelli? Your reputation is well deserved. You expected me to believe that you achieved the great work. And are centuries old. Sea of Souls, having that never was seen. Like, that's like something out of Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, or something. The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. They're like a square off. Oh yeah, yeah. Square yeah. off. Yeah, square off. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in well, I'm not gonna say space, but it's not really space, is it? No. So, so what happened there? Well, why did he put his hand through him and he disappeared? What well, happened? Yeah. Well, Paul McGann was like a, a magic warlock, right? Who who was after so demons. He's projecting he, himself from somewhere else. Psychic projection, astral oh, right. projection, oh, yeah, like yeah. Doctor Strange. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you look at all these shows, really, and it, it does seem clear to me, like Sea of Souls. BBC, uh, Dark Season, CBBC, Randall Hopkirk, BBC, Strange, yeah. BBC, yeah. like you, Crime Traveller, yeah, like you get the you get the yeah. theme. It's just strange to me that all these shows that were trying to be Doctor Who, why don't they just do Doctor Who? Why not just do Doctor yeah, Who? And I know I say this as a Doctor Who fan, but it just strikes me as odd that it's not it's not ITV trying to copy Doctor yeah. Who. It's not Channel Four. It's no one. It's it's not Sky. Had at that point Doctor Who just got a bit stale and a bit of a joke. Had it become a bit of a joke? Yeah, it and had. had. They run out of ideas. It had like wrongly. But Doctor, yeah. Doctor Who had become... I don't think it's possible to run out of... I'm just going on a little yeah. soapbox here. I don't think it's possible to run out of ideas with yeah. Doctor Who because you can literally go anywhere. If, get, if, get new writers in. Maybe exactly. just the, the right writers weren't around for they, ages. They weren't. That's that's very true. Yeah. The, kind of the, the, in my opinion, the, the production team running Doctor Who in the 80s were not the right production Do- team for Doctor it. Who is pretty much the TV equivalent of like Radio 1 at that point. <laughs> Radio 1, by the early 90s, yeah. still had the same DJs from the 60s. Yeah. And they were still playing like songs... By Rolling Stones yeah. in the 60s and stuff and it was just obviously not what they're meant to be doing yeah. it's like smashing and icy and so they finally <laughs> got rid of them they did a whole they rebooted it yeah. and then they brought new DJs like Chris Evans in Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy were very much the smashy yeah. and icy of Doctor Who <laughs> exactly some of the very best in adult orientated mega middle of the road mungus light country jazz sounds and a big hello a big hello there to all you truckers <laughs> and that's why if you look at the old ones I'm guessing it just feels a bit like yeah, it needed, even then it was dated. It needed a rest. Yeah, it needed so a rest. Maybe not as long as it had. Maybe it deserved yeah. to come back five years later rather yeah. than with the Paul McGann TV movie, moment. perhaps. Yeah, but yeah, I I just think yeah, if I don't think Doctor Who can ever run out of ideas. I think if a particular production team or a particular writer has run out of ideas, yeah. that writer has run out of ideas, yeah. and that, or that team has run out of ideas. It's time for them to go. It's not time for Doctor Who to go. But I, I, yeah, okay, Doctor Who it, like. 
I think almost like the BBC needed to catch up with it mm. because Doctor, some one of my friends once said, and it's very true, that Doctor Who in the uh, 80s still looked like Doctor Who in the 60s. Yeah. So when that was in the 60s, yeah. kind of what you were saying, that was fine yeah. because those were the effects of the time, That was those were the production exactly. values of the time. By the time it was the 80s and you still had 60s style effects, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't stand up, no. especially not to all the flashy American shows that were on at the same time. So... I think, you know, it needed a rest. It needed time for the BBC to go, oh, actually, this isn't a joke. This isn't a little thing that will just keep running along in the background. We're actually going to invest in it and we're going to do it properly, yeah. which is what they did in 2005. But it's clear they, well, they wanted something like Doctor Who. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't bored of it because they kept trying to... And failing. They kept trying and we, weirdly <laughs> failing. Yeah. Well, Doctor Who's an odd little con- concoction, I guess. It's a really weird show when you think about it. And they tried to do all these shows that were like it and they failed. But during this whole time, they were doing Red Dwarf. They were making Red Dwarf. I know, that's a, that was a completely different thing. You just wanted to get Red Dwarf no, but, in there. Yeah, but at least it was like a sci-fi show, mm. and, it, and, it was a, and it ran for this, pretty much this, well, up until McGann, at least. Mm. Well, up until... When did Red Dwarf run? Well, it was 88, and, t- and then in the early 90s it stopped, then it came back like 97 with Chloe and Anne. Right. And then it um, stopped again until recently. Right. But it, up until, you know, this whole period that we're talking about, that was when Red Dwarf was on. So that was one sci-fi entertainment show that did happen. But Red Dwarf, like Doctor Who, was kind of underappreciated by the BBC. Still is. Well, exactly. Like, Doctor Who, at its peak, was appreciated by the BBC. Mm. By the time you get to the 80s, which is when Red Dwarf and Doctor Who are at the same time, yeah. neither show was appreciated by the BBC. Yeah. Red Dwarf was so unappreciated that it's now not even on the BBC, yeah. and it took someone else to, to bring it back. Even though the ratings are always huge. Yeah. yeah. The, B- yeah. The, smartest, the smartest <laughs> thing the BBC did was bring back Doctor Who, yeah. and it should have brought back Red Dwarf. Yeah. If they had, Imagine if they had let some other channel bring back Doctor Who, yeah. it would have been a huge success, yeah. probably, and it would have, and they would have regretted it, as I'm sure they do now with Red Dwarf. So anyway, <laughs> we we digress. So as I say, by by 2003, uh, plans were already afoot to uh, bring back uh, Doctor Who. He was so excited when that happened. I remember I got a little little <laughs> message. Um, I think it was on. Uh, MSN Messenger, oh, Nostalgia, yeah. and uh, my one of my mates messaged me going, new series of Doctor Who in on BBC Wales or something. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, and I was like, I thought, what, like a like a documentary series? What, like the the idea that it could actually come back was yeah, so far no. removed from my brain. Um, and then I yeah I saw it on like the BBC website and I think I sort of just ran around my room in a circle <laughs> you're like a dog when it's excited it just chases its tail Stop round and round it. and round Stop I couldn't it. hack it I was so excited <laughs> I think I literally and I think I went out in the garden it just ran around the garden like a little excited dog so of course as we know Doctor Who came back um, in, in 2005 a couple of years later um, and I got a little clip here which is uh, Christopher Eccleston uh, the brilliant Christopher Eccleston meeting mm. the press for the first time you know children are watching and you've got to take it very, very seriously. Um, and death happens in each episode. It's it's tradition. It's quite actually the, the world of Doctor Who is quite tough. Um, and I took it very seriously. I, I put according to the Daily Mirror, I was I stayed in character and slept in the TARDIS. But <laughs> I never slept. Chris Breckerston there describing Doctor Who as very serious. It's tough. There's there's death in every episode. Cheer up, Chris. 
Too Most... bad he's stopped uh, loving it. <laughs> I like Eccleston. I could feel like come back, could he? I... Ruined it. Do you know? What? I feel like he gets a bum rap, as they say. Yeah. Um, I don't know who says that, but because he he only did the one series, I think he's great. I think if he the one series is fine, it's just he should have come back for that. He should have come back special. for the fiftieth. And now we got to make do John Hurt being one of the doctors, which John... even me as a non-fan looks yeah. at him as stupid. <laughs> well, John Hurt's great though. He's great. He's in good it. in it. He's great in it. I don't like to consider him a proper doctor. I've got to take my a red pen to all my reference books now. Where does it fit in? It doesn't. You ruined it. Stop it. Moffat, yeah, you ruined it. Eccleston's fault. <laughs> and it's, it is all Eccleston's fault. That is it for this episode of, of Two Geeks. Yeah. Um, let's do the spiel. Yeah. So, uh, firstly, I wanted to just plug my other little podcast that I've got. Oh, there. yeah, we should do a little advert for Tom's other um, podcast. It's, it's completely different tone, and most of you probably won't be interested. But in case you like sort of chilled all, uh, songs and audio clips from things like Doctor Who, because there is one in the first episode. Mm. It's the Whisper Show. It's, it's it's chilled tunes and clips from the autumn and winter period, and uh, you can get that on whispershow.wordpress.com. And you can follow me at Whisper Tom. Uh, well, I'm not on that, no. so I'm not really happy about you plugging it. And I wouldn't. Re- all your fans will not be interested in that at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend but, listening because I'm I'm not on it. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's a very good show. Yeah. Um, please do listen to the Whisper Show. Yeah. Um, and of course, keep listening to Two Geeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Visit our website, Two Geeks Two Beers WordPress.com. Yeah. All our old episodes are up there. We're on iTunes, obviously. iTunes. Uh, and you're on Facebook and Twitter, which is Two Geeks Cast. So give us a search on that and you'll mm. find us. And YouTube, of course. Yeah. Our, our little video bonus Slowly episodes. It <laughs> takes a little time because yeah. to add the little visual bonuses, yeah. Tom does that. Yeah. It's a one man job and it takes a little while. Yeah. Um, we're not a huge operation <laughs> and we're not paid. Um, I, keep, I keep mentioning that, but we're not paid. Not bitter. We're not, not bitter at all. So that is it for, for this week's uh, Two Geeks. But as I say, it's the first of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, so next time, we will be continuing on a kind of Doctor Who journey, but uh, looking at all the shows that tried to be Doctor Who after 2005. So shows that saw it was a big success and then tried to copy it. So this was ITV, probably. This time, it's slightly <laughs> different. It's because, well, yeah. you'd be surprised how much the BBC saw Doctor Who was a success yeah. and then tried to, well, let's have a bit more of that. Oh, okay. Merlin. Interesting. Um, you Robin know, Hood. Robin Hood. Right. Well, basically, whenever Doctor Who wasn't on, they're like, what else can we have on, on Saturday nights? It's not void. Doctor Who. Fill the void. But also ITV, Primeval, and so on. We're going to be looking at those sort of shows uh, next week. Awesome. But just to wrap up, uh, we're going to, again, travel back in time, but just a little bit back in time, for, for, for Crime Traveller, which I think of, of all these sort of Doctor Who fill-ins. I think it's my favourite. Just yeah, everything about, of the ones he talked about. Everything about it's absurd. Yeah. Um, I just love time travel. And if, if Michael French is involved, then it's even better. Time travel and Michael French, yeah. two of our favourite things, yeah. together at last. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to play out. Well, we're gonna, actually, we're going to do something slightly different. We're going to look at the, the title sequence for Crime Traveller and just revel in its absurdity. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. All right, it's a clock. So you know where you are. Okay, so you know it's time travel. Yeah. The clock exploded there's action in Crime Traveller it's a key it's got the key to time travel (laughs) Michael Michael French French. Michael French is in it there's his name some bits bits of time machine I think Chloe Annette she's in it too yeah big big star (laughs) some kind of oh there's a chalk outline of a body there's a crime thriller too Anthony Horowitz he wrote it not much going on is it (laughs) it's quite sparse Crime Traveller. There's a mysterious floating eye. Like big Brother. Pre-Big Brother. <laughs> it's quite like the Big yeah. Brother eye. Michael French is watching you, criminals. <laughs> so watch out. The clock's back. It's all and about it's, time travel. Yeah. Going forwards, though, which... You know, which is, uh, yeah, against the very premise of the show, really. <laughs> think about it. Not the best uh, theme tune of all time, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. I think... You can see why they brought Doctor Who back, really, looking at that, can you? Yeah. Right. Right. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>